hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? Today we are discussing The Undertaker from 1988, directed by Franco Stefanino, or Frank Avianca, depending on what website you're looking at, and starring the great Joe Spinell. Jason, <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> Today, we are sponsored by Strand Brewing Company, and we're drinking X-Ray Spec Stout. I think this works. It does. The- because uh, Joe Spinell has a very distinct stare. His eyes, got some pretty intense eyes, and he wears some glasses. In Cheers. This is delicious beer. A creamy stout beer brewed with coconut, coconibs, and a zesty British yeast. It's creamy. Thank you, Strand. Thank you. I uh, picked this up on a, our Torrance. We had a Torrance adventure a little oh, while back. So good. And um, Strand was very welcoming. I'm actually drinking. They gave me a glass, a little nice little tulip glass. Oh, that is. Strand has got Strand Brewing. And then is that? It's the lifeguard station. Lifeguard station yeah. that you always see on the beaches out yeah. here. We um, watch Baywatch. Or um, Tommy and Pamela. Are <laughs> you serious? Yeah. This is tasty. Creamy is oh, the word. Creamy. Exactly. I will say that I think the cocoa overtakes the coconut. I would agree. I, this is more creamy chocolate. Yeah. It's a, it's a good taste. It's I think sweet. we were talking about flan. Yeah. Like if you had a custardy dessert, like a creme brulee or flan, yeah. like this thing would be gear. Yeah. This is tasty. It's 8-2, so it's, it's big, not too big. But, ooh, it's smooth. And I can see why the label that you're thinking this would do well with the movie. It does. It really does, <laughs> you know. And this was my pick. I'll that, get it. That's right. This is your pick. Why? It was one of those, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We have a huge backlog of yep. movies that we both, you know, we could just pick from our history. It's one of those, I think maybe when we were working on our slasher special, when you go to Amazon, a lot of places you click on a movie and then it says, hey, people that looked at this also looked at this. I think that's where I saw it. And I went, I know that guy. And then I went, oh, it's Joe Spinell. The dude was in the first two Godfathers and he was in the first two Rockies. And Star Crash as Zarzarth. Are <laughs> and he was in Taxi Driver. He had some respect. He was a, he was a character actor, and he, he has, has a look. He's not a guy you he he looks like the kind of guy you do not want to cross. No, he's got psycho eyes. He, do, do you remember the the Bugs Bunny cartoon? There was a villain, the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what he kind of looks like. <laughs> yeah, he's he's intense. So anyway, I I saw this and then. I went, I'm going to put it on the list because I try, I, I don't want to just go, hey, these are movies I watch and yep. I like. I go, let's pick something I haven't seen. And I was surprised because I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. I've I went, never seen I've this. I've never seen this. And then I found out why. This movie was never finished. Joe Spinell, when they kind of completed what they did, Joe Spinell had the only copy. And it was his last film. This movie had been released by others, Code Red, Vinegar Syndrome. Vinegar Syndrome probably did the best or the most faithful. I think Code Red added in a bunch of stock footage to flesh it out. But it was a lost film. It, it sort of came out. So when you watch it, if you ever watch this movie, it is good to keep in mind that this movie really wasn't supposed to be released because it wasn't completed. I watched it on Tubi. I watched the Tubi ver- I did watch the Amazon Prime version, but I... I watched both. Okay. I went back and forth. And honestly, just real quick, Amazon, there's slight differences. The Tubi yeah. version's three minutes longer. 
Had a little more graphic stuff. One thing in this movie, the guy who did the makeup effects, Arnold Gargiulo, probably butchered that. He did some work like Day of the Dead for George Romero. The makeup effects are one of the things that are decent about this movie. I'll give you that. I was going to say the plus for the movie was the boobs. There were ample. I mean, it's a slasher. It's an 80s slasher. And if it's an 80s slasher and it doesn't have boobs, you're doing it wrong. Well, I feel like it was like Joe Bob Briggs like doing a, a breast count the whole time. Oh, look. Look at my notes. Second boobs. That's what I wrote, too. That and his catchphrase. Moron. Really is. And it kind of gets... Almost gets him caught. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Absolutely. We're going to tell you everything that happens in this sort of movie. Now, and thank you again, Strand. They were, they were super generous and well. Personally, to me, if I didn't have this, this would be a hard movie to discuss <laughs> yeah you here's the deal we were both on the same page this movie is it's not good it's not good it's incomplete but even beyond that it's bad the acting's it's bad poorly acted yeah no one besides joe spinell we don't need to discuss anybody else. yeah I, I, i'm <laughs> no, not even kidding true. nobody went on to greener no. pastures I, I was surprised hazel i imagine his sister i think it's his wife you think it's his wife i think it's the whole his time wife. i think it was like a family business like that was his i i did too i just couldn't figure it out i couldn't figure out surprisingly it, this was the only movie <laughs> it really is i've seen a few interviews with the guy who wrote it <laughs> william i think william S- kennedy i just for a long time i just wrote a sweaty state inspector <laughs> he's a cop well he's from the state patrol because the chief at one yeah, point so says, like, uh, the, uh, he goes, we need to call the state inspectors in. <laughs> yeah, anyway. so he's, he's like the state cop. That guy. So we got our spoiler alert yeah. out. So basically, Joe Spinell, it's an 80 slasher. He plays an undertaker. He owns a funeral home who's bat crap crazy and just basically kills men, women. Don't it, matter. It, kills anybody. There's really no rhyme or reason. I don't know why. what his motive is. I think there's some necrophilia. There's a necro... There's a lot... Way too much necrophilia for anybody. <laughs> I, okay, and I'm going to say this. I took an anthropology class in college. At no point did necrophilia come up. Not I thought e- it was required. Not even in passing. It, it wasn't even like, these people frowned upon necrophilia. It's just assumed... <laughs> You know, according to Mandy, you know, it might have been required. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Joe Spinell, he's killing people. And then I will say this, Jason. This movie gave me an idea for a game because it's from the opening scene, which is a woman driving and she gets a flat tire. And she's got, I think, like an, a Long Island accent. She it's, looks like Marissa Tomei. Oh, my God. She's got that accent. I mean, we're not from the East Coast, but it's no. just exact. It's like, it's like, oh, my God. The stereotype the that Long you think. Island. Yeah, it's, I think my cousin Vinny, Marissa Tomei, like, that, that's the whole time. Oh, like, my, oh. oh it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but this guy pulls up in a motorcycle, and he's got a beard, and he goes, hey, sweetheart, you having some car trouble? And you need a man? And, and he's terrible. But it gave me an idea for... <laughs> He does. He literally. He can't act. No, he does. He does. Hey, sweetheart. I don't know what his accent is. It almost reminded me of like something from Philadelphia. There's like very specific. Anyway, but it gave me an idea for a game you could play where you go porno or straight film. Yeah. Because if you watch this scene, you would think, and you just showed it to somebody who had never seen it, and you just said, "What do you think this is?" They go, "Oh, this is a porno." And the next, we're gonna cut to those two having sex in the woods. 
and there's going to be the bow chicka wow wow music. You know what I mean? There's going to be wow pedal going, right? Exactly. It totally. It, it, oh, it, no, you're 100%. 100%. Yes, this is a porno. And you go, nope, it's just a slasher move from 1988 that was never supposed to be released. <laughs> I've never really heard this before, but the idea of like an actor like Joe Spinell had the yeah, only that's copy. So weird that like, he had the like, only print. He just he just like drunkenly said, "I'm taking this home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you release this." Because some of the research I read is that there used to be underground VHS tapes of this yeah. movie, and it- this was his last film. He yeah. died. Joe Spinell died. He was it was really sad. He was a hemophiliac, which means if you get cut, you don't your blood doesn't scab over. Yeah. He fell in the shower, cut himself really bad, ended up falling asleep on the couch and bled That's out. so sad. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And he and he has a bit of a cult following. Yeah. You know, real gregarious fella, like drinking drugs that kind of yeah. led to his end. And it's really kind of a greasy opening because after this guy tries to help this woman, yeah. then he basically tries to rape her. But she's able to fight him off and run. She's I was a, like, She's a tough Long Island lady. Exactly. I ain't messing around with her. Runs off, runs back to the road. Waves down a car. Basically, that phrase from the fine pan. From that. Uh oh. From Uh-oh. the fine the, the, pan into the fire because it's Uncle Roscoe. You don't see his face right now. No. But you hear his breathing and you see his white gloves. The breathing thing is it's throughout not, this movie. It's not consistent. It's not. They sort of throw that in in a groaning. He yeah. does a weird groaning. Uh, I'm thinking the whole time. I'm thinking that guy needs to quit smoking. It's almost they added after the fact yeah. and they went, well, Halloween had the breathing. Oh, and, clearly. And, and I think, uh, was it Friday the 13th where there was some like... But the white gloves at first, it was an important part and then it slowly disappears and to me they reminded me of Mickey Mouse gloves. Really inconsistent. <laughs> I would say that at first it looked like Uncle Roscoe was killing people because he was going to have a bride in the afterlife. At one point, there's another reference to that. And then you're like, okay, well, none of this makes sense at all no, anymore. Because they no, just leave that away. Like, yes. They throw that away. I'm like, well, why did they because make so, that so important at the beginning? Yeah, because then later, all of a sudden, it's all about necrophilia yeah. and having sex with corpses and the parts of corpses. I mean, semen on the intestines. This movie has the line... We also found <laughs> semen on the, the intestinal tract. So that's like pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is going to be a point where I'm going to defend this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, then we cut to a dingy basement scene. They do this shot. They show it over and over. It's like the hallway looking toward the bottom of the steps. They yeah. return to this shot all the time. I don't know if the director... Was thought, mm, this is a cool shot. Did, did you know what I'm talking well, about? Well, I honestly think they did it one time, and when they had to edit this into a movie, they just kept putting it back in. Because well, there's like, one time I think there's a body. Oh, yeah, because one, the, the the, 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 the the, one of the police, the state inspectors is pushed down the stairs. Yes. It makes you feel like, oh, this is dirty. It's a dingy basement hallway. Cellar. Brick, brick line. Cellar. Underneath a funeral home. Yeah. You see this woman who, the first couple of viewings, it's really hard to keep track of all the names in here. This is Mary Lawrence, and she's in almost like a bridal. Are you skipping over where he fondles her? You see Mary Lawrence laid out in a slab, and you don't well, know. Well, you see, we, yeah, we you see her legs, hand and he's and you touching. See a, I see you a see hand it. slowly move up her thigh, and then it's boob scene number one. Yeah. A little fondling of the boob. This is the actress who played this dead body is Joe Spinell's girlfriend at the time. And then it glows up to your, her head. You see that her throat's been slashed and it's the woman who had ran out and waved down this car. I'm not against boobs. But and she's I, breathing. I, 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 just I, let you yes. know. Yes. Every dead body in this is breathing. <laughs> but the implication, 
<laughs> implication. <laughs> the implication is that she's dead, and I do prefer live boobs. I'm just gonna say it. There was a little too much fondling in this scene, it, <laughs> and that's when you can do that scene and go porno. Jason, <laughs> there is so much in this movie that makes you squirm, and it's all because of Mr. Spinell. I'm just gonna say it. I think he does a good job. Yeah. He turns in like a really upsetting performance. There's stuff that just really makes me cringe in this movie. But we get to the city council meeting. Which is it this? Again, it's in like, a gym? It's just weird. And it's one of those things, trying not to belabor the point, but it's an incomplete film. So it feels like, why is this scene necessary? I kept thinking, well, maybe they had an idea of like making this make more sense if they had more time and money. Because it is, it's just this weird scene where the mayor is going, and the, and the chief says, you know, I gotta go, I gotta investigate this. And he's mayor. like, oh, you have your face? He's like, not a damn thing. It feels like it just happened yesterday. It doesn't feel like this has been months. No, but Jean, the youngest lady at this table. The mayor's secretary. The killer is stalking her. We get a lot of the first person, classic trope of the slasher genre. The POV shot. The first person point of view shot, heavy breathing. He's watching Gene. So I've been to plenty of city council meetings. I'm assuming this might be a more mayor, like the mayor and his staff meeting. But still, there's a guy who's like watching your meeting because it looks like it's, at first I thought it was a gym. Then I'm thinking, oh, I think this is on a high school's theater stage because there's a drape that he's hiding behind. And it's, once again, a bad movie trope where they told the people. I almost thought he was outside. Yeah, like they told the people. Act like you're doing something that you would do in a city council meeting. So she's mm. like flipping through notes mm. and he's flicking through like a mm. book. Record the minutes, Jason. Yeah. Record it, the minutes. It, oh, it, it was ridiculous. No. So, but Gene is clearly the next victim. Yeah, Gene's going to be victim number two. We, we get, he, he has this fascination with her, but we never know why. And he goes through a lot. And this is a weird one where he tracks her down. He kills some people and takes them away. This he kills way, some people and leaves them. But in Jean, she's sitting there. She took a sh- so shower scene boob. number one, boob scene number two, boob two. More shower scenes than Porky's. <laughs> True. The killer is creeping through, and then she sits down to read, and she goes, "I want some music while I read," which is not how I read. I want milk and cookies too, because I'm well, an adult. <laughs> well, I could I could eat, but I'm saying like music is. She goes through some music. She's sitting there. She's like, "Oh, window wide open." Yeah. All of a sudden, a hand comes through and jacks her with something. Well, chloroform first. Look, yes, the, yes, and then like because you, you got to go for the two for <laughs> chloroform, and then. A really bad job where it's a fake needle and I'm like, did he go in her ear? And in her ear. And it doesn't it's even not, look like it's, it's not, but I'll, I'll no, it, it's so bad. It's a, but, but at the same time, Jason, every time it made me squirm. Just the idea of, of any needle going next to your ear. Yeah. yeah it yeah. really, you know, like anything, like I can do a Q-tip, but if like somebody else is doing a Q-tip to my ear, it freaks me out. But why so, doesn't but, he take her? Is it the next morning that the police at the apartment trying to figure out what happened? The coroners, the guys who are driving her body to the funeral home, one guy comments on, hey, did you get a load of her jugs? <laughs> First of all, I'm so sorry, it's terrible. But like, when was the last time you seriously uh, described boobs as jugs? I honestly think that most of the female actresses in this movie, they're completely hired by their boobs. I would say willingness to show. Willingness to show. Yes. That was probably right up front. Everybody but Hazel. So you finally get to meet Uncle Roscoe. Yeah, Joe Spinell. Is, is his name Holland? Is it Roscoe Holland? Yep. Okay. 
like Savage Steve yeah. Holland, and who did Better Off Dead. <laughs> these numbskulls of corner drivers. He's having nothing with him, and you hear it for the first line. His catchphrase: "Morons." He kind of thinks everybody. He really looks down at everybody around him. I think Hazel's his sister because he puts up with her. I don't know if it was his wife that he probably would have put up with her because I went back and forth because I, I could see both. He refers hilarious. to his dearly departed sister. Yeah, which is Nikki's. Which it doesn't mean he can't have more than one yeah. sister. I mean, I, she seemed a lot older than him. I mean, even though he's older. Yeah, like, I mean, I thought it was his sister, and then I thought it was his wife, and then you know, I you know what? Yeah, don't think he wears a ring. No, and his dialogue with her is always funny because he's always like, "Those are some." I'm, gr- I'm trying to get. I'm busy here. Like, like, oh, and, and she's just, she's got the big glasses and she just comes in. Oh, Roscoe, he's so rude. What is going on? It's like, oh, Hazel, Hazel, if I could just have an hour. I have some work to do. He goes down and talks to the corpses, talking to Gene and Mary's corpses. And then his nephew, Nick, who's just annoying. Nic- Nicholas, what, what's going on, Nicholas? With his pleated, pleated front Z reaching chinos. <laughs> The 80s, I I remember that well. The more pleats you had, the cooler your pants, man. I could have pleats, like 10 pleats on each side. But Nick is peeking in. I guess he suspects his uncle's a weirdo. He goes and he's peeking through the keyhole, watching his uncle talk to these corpses about how they're going to be together. It's going to be together. This is a beautiful bride. Yeah. (laughs) So it's still with that bride motif. Yes. He has Mary Lawrence in a casket next to him open. And she's not supposed to be in a casket because she's a missing person. Yeah. Why? All evidence points at one point that this is the guy. And I mean, no one could put it together. <laughs> how he's disposing it. I don't know if he's... You can't double up people and... Ah, forget it. Yeah. Because now we're on to college and necrophilia. <laughs> because our heroine... I guess she would be technically the final girl. Um, Pam Hayes is a teacher. Well, I, well that's what you're anthrop- thinking. Anthropology. Really big on the chalkboard is one word. Yeah. What is that word? <laughs> Necrophilia. It's just sort of tedious, and it it ends. And Nick is Nick's a real jerk. Like he's rude. Angie, his girlfriend, he's really rude to. And so he stays after class, and he says, you know, hey, Miss Hayes, I like to talk to you about what we we're talking about. And it's one of these tropes where in horror movies. A lot of the tension and a lot of the plot is built around people just not communicating clearly. If he would have said, hey, Miss Hayes, I know you're just a professor here and I probably should talk to police, but I think my uncle is a necrophiliac and killing people. Let's solve this now. Let's call the police. But instead, no. like there's this long dialogue. She does have a great line, though, because about the class asking questions. And she's like, it's a surprising fact that most cases of necrophilia are reported in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. And honestly, Michael, I didn't want to check. I didn't want to Google that at all. It's on your computer, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the movie would have ended there if Nick would have just been really clear. Because yeah. Miss Pam Hayes thinks that, that he's hitting on her. Oh. Because <laughs> she's a dish. But she kind of likes it. She's a little bit charmed, but... Yeah. He goes out and Angie's waiting for him and he's just awful to her. He yells at her. He's like, ah, just leave me alone or just go do whatever you want. Tells her off. The scene escalates. First of all, it's way too long watching all these kids exit the class. Oh my God, dude. I'm thinking like, why are we... Am I missing something? Is like I kept watching. I went, wait, is Roscoe in there that's somewhere? That's what I what, thought is, too. Is, is like, he's somewhere is there, hidden? Is there... Yeah. 
this is Waldo. And but yeah, then he leaves and Angie's waiting for him and she's going, you know, hey man, what about me? You know, when's the last time we made love? And it escalates fast because then he just yells at her. If you're so unhappy, find someone else. And I'm like, whoa. That went from like zero to like a hundred for no reason. And at that point, Angie should find someone else. It's her crying. Superb acting. But then Roscoe, he keep, they have all these weird moments where he's talking to corpses and he's crying. That, he's like, I'm going to be with you soon. Well, that's it's still the bride motif where like, I know. Is he is an intent to, for him to eventually off himself when he has a full bridal part. Here's the problem. Do not shoot your script when you, you haven't even completed the first draft. That's what kind of happened with this movie, it seems like. Because there is. All of a sudden, we switch gears like a third of the way in, and it's it becomes he's having sex with corpses and their parts. I think afterwards, when they're trying to make a movie to release, they edit these scenes back in. and You try to make some sense. You're trying to make some sense, but the transition between some scenes, I'm like, oh, they, they don't make because sense. You, there's only, because uh, I did read that there are some scenes where they used a double for Joe Spinell. Yeah obviously you can't see the face yeah. it's like but i don't know but again it's one of the move things that's problematic with, with even reviewing this film yeah. is this is an incomplete film yeah. in some ways it's almost unfair to you can pick on certain things the acting isn't going to get any better <laughs> if you have more scenes but as far as like the movement of the story the um continuity of it the only reason to watch this would be for joe spinell because sometimes it was overacting and sometimes underacting and then boobs there are a couple moments of Joe Spinell that I will point out that, okay, that's kind of a nice bit of acting there. or It just kind of makes you go, ugh. Pam's with a roommate now. Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. We meet Mandy. Another fellow professor who doesn't come across as someone that you would want to have Wow, as if a I was in college and there was like 22-year-old professors all over the yeah. place. Teaching these classes and everything like Anthropology, that. Anthropology, talking about sex with corpses and whatnot. I'm like, wow. And Pam's discussing her day of how she had a lecture on necrophilia. And Manny's like, oh, is that... Man-? Like, once again, the dialogue is a bad movie dialogue. Oh, is that mandatory? As if there's any lecture in college that's mandatory. Yeah. And she's like, no, but I like to cover everything. Well, and she talks about, you know, Nick, you know this guy, Nick? You know, yeah. nice buns. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what professors should be talking about. I mean, students. I'm sure they've done that before. I guess it must be a very small college. Small liberal arts. Nick and his so, bare so feet Nick, on a, the bed that I would have like my eight-year-old sleep. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, whoever dressed that set, too. It's a, the whole thing is just ridiculous. It is. It's like, and, and he's just he's and he's just such a brat. Yeah. Because he ends up he does he go he goes I'm gonna call this teacher. Who turned me down for my creepy idea, but I'm going to call her at night and say, you really need to meet me. And she agrees to it, which I mean, you have the suspension of disbelief. But then I go, no, at this point, you call the police. Well, if I'm Pam at this point, I'm starting to think I might have to call the police on Nick. Yeah. Not on Roscoe, but like this guy's being creepy. He's trying to lure me to, to this place. Yeah. So I, I would actually become, because he hasn't given me, like you said, hasn't given in, any information except, hey, there's something really crazy I have to talk to you about. You have to talk, you have to come see this creepy thing. So if you're in Nick's shoes and he's like, I have to show you this, what is he hoping that his teacher is going to go, yeah, that's necrophilia? Because what else she can do? She's a professor. Well, and Jason, <laughs> what is he trying to show her? Yeah. Like so far, all we know is that Roscoe, like a funeral home guy yeah. talks to corpses. That's it. 
That's weird. It's not, not illegal. illegal. We don't know what Nick is going to... What's the big reveal? What's his big reveal going to be? And then what could she do but say, confirm or deny and say, Oh, Nick, you're wrong. What your uncle's doing is normal. Or Nick, you're right. Uh, that's wrong. So what do we do now? He's like, oh, well, now that I got a professor to agree with me, now we can go to the police. That's where you're right. The suspension of disbelief where there's a hole in this plot where I'm like, and the, but she agrees. Yeah. She's in the middle of a workout and she, she says, okay, I'll meet you. Let's not even get into it. Weird, weird placement of your workout materials. So, but then we get to Roscoe at the movies and he's watching some sort of satanic occult horror movie and, yeah. and he's clearly aroused by yeah. it. He's aroused by creepy, creepy stuff. Yeah. And there's a big 666 on the floor. Yeah, the guy's dressed like, you know, ooh, he's dressed. Uh, Al- Alistair Crowley might yeah. dress, and it's the pentagram yeah. with 666. And there's a, a with woman a, with a bridal yes. uh, so headdress this, on her. And this is where, he, and she's just splayed out on a wall. Technically, boobs number three in the movie. <laughs> One thing this movie does not, you know, lack is bare boobs. <laughs> now, oddly enough, in. The cut you'll see on 2B, this scene's messed up. It's not in that right order. So then Pam ends up meeting Nick, and she's going, hey, I hope this isn't a prank. And And it's odd because he wanted to get her there, and he's like, wait here. (laughs) I don't understand. He's he's annoying. He is such a... Push-pull, you know? Yeah, he's such a dumb character. And they go in, takes her downstairs. (laughs) To the lab. Fortunately, does have a very easy exit door. Yeah. Because they go down and he goes, oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. We don't know what he's even looking for. Well, he mentions that. He goes, the pictures. pictures. You only see them at the end. They're never referenced beforehand, so you don't know why he's looking it's for them. It's a scene maybe they were going to shoot. Yeah. But he's, so Hazel comes down. Roscoe? Roscoe, is that you? You're working so late. <laughs> what I love is that Roscoe and Hazel are clearly New Yorkers. They have these really thick. They're both from one of the five boroughs. Nobody else in the movie has anything resembling that accent. So they sneak out the door. Now we're back at the theater. And a woman who came in, once again, doesn't make sense. A woman came in to watch this movie. She departs. She's disgusted by the movie. There's been only twice in my lifetime where I've gone to movie theater, had no idea what I'm seeing, and bought a ticket to a movie. I imagine the movie that she went and saw that Roscoe's watching is called, like, the satanic rites of Dr. Like yes. Orloff or something. Yeah, and no, she's not like, love on a Tuesday. She's like, huh, that seems like a romance. <laughs> I'll go and spend my money on that. But she gets up and leaves. He's turned on by the yeah. movie. He's turned on by the violence. And he goes, Ooh, she's leaving. What I love, Jason, is that she gets angry at the person who picks her up. Says, you're late. You left the movie early. Yeah. How can you say I'm late? I've, the movie was going to get out at 9. And you're standing here at 8, you know, 8.40. It's bad dialogue, it's my, Michael. It's stupid. They, and what's really unfortunate is because the guy even shows up to pick her up, he's driving, he's like, oh, I'm going to kill her. And then yeah. he goes, wait a second, there's a young lady coming out of that house. I'm going to kill her. And so he turns around and kills, you know, the Bowen. Nancy Bowen. Nancy Bowen. A good kid. Yeah, a good kid. <laughs> Both of these women, he was following them in their car slowly. And they just kind of shrug it off like that's normal to have someone creeping up on you in a car picture yourself on a lane not even a road it's like a lane it's like a rural place yes with no lights and there's a car 30 feet behind you driving five miles per hour following you in that time 1988 growing up in that era there was a whole thing children being abducted there was a kid johnny gosh 
super famous paper boy in Des Moines, Iowa, yeah. went out to deliver the papers one morning, disappeared. No one knew. And it became this whole thing, the kids yeah. on the milk cartons. Yeah. If something like that was happening and you were a young person, you were taught like, you know, she goes and sort of fakes him out. She yeah. walks up to a house like, oh, I'm uh, going no. here. And he drives by. And then she goes, ha ha. No, you would have been like banging on that door. door going, hey, that creep's following me. Her actions don't line up, which would be realistic. But it's a slasher movie. You always have to just like whatever, yeah. go with it. Spin. But so she's walking down the lane. And then all of a sudden there's a car coming. And she goes, ooh, jumps into the bushes. She just happens to jump right where Roscoe is because Roscoe grabs her. That makes no sense. I mean, it's again, Jason, it's a <laughs> suspension of disbelief. It's a slasher movie, right? Yeah. This is the one he takes to the woods. And just like the movie... Ties up between the trees. Between the trees, which is hilarious because later when the jogger falls, there's only one tree. There's not another tree anywhere. Michael. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, and he just eviscerates her. Yeah. You see boobs again, though. Boobs but, number four. But it is. Those counting. And he's like crying. He's like, he's like, I don't know why you're so good at crying. And he's, like, he's so upsetting to me. Yeah. It's like, he's like, I just learned this today. <laughs> I gotta just take a moment there just to toast on that. The x-ray specs. Yeah. Joe so Spinell and his really disturbing eyes. Those thick glasses that he wears. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this beer is super tasty. It is. The chocolate is coming out more and more as as it's kind of yeah. warming up in this coming back room. Temp. Yeah, yeah, no, it, no. The, I mean, it's one of those beers. Yeah, I would, I would always tell people, right. I'd say, take this beer out of the fridge. Yeah. Twenty minutes before you want to even pour it. Take it out. Have another beer, a lighter, easier drinking beer. It sort of just opens up like a flower yeah. as it warms. So it's a stout. So it's eight point two percent. Yeah, this particular one was super, super smooth though. Yeah. It's a cool little spot. It's pretty cool if you get down into that area. There's Strand and there's a couple other breweries within walking distance. So it's pretty cool. Like you could go down, have a day, and just like hang out. Their label looks like Joe Spinell. It's one of the reasons. I mean, X-Ray Specs. (laughs) It's some glasses with some crazy eyes. There are certain actors who are known like for their distinctive eyes. Marty Feldman, clearly. Marty Feldman had like that wandering eye thing. And Joe Spinell has these really bug-eyed, almost has the Innsmouth look a little bit. You know what I mean? Like really big eyes that sort of stare at you. Again, one of those deals where... If somebody was to look at you and you go, oh, I don't, I got to leave this bar. His character is oily. Perfect description. <laughs> Absolutely. So he kills that poor young lady. Yeah. And then Nick is dreaming about some traumatizing Wait. thing with Uncle Roscoe. So that was really upsetting. It looked like there was a gurney, but it was hanging from chains from the ceiling. So I couldn't tell if Uncle Roscoe was having Nick touch the corpse or touch him. Nick is having this nightmare. He's in college. He's worked at this funeral home. This person's raised him. Like, this is the, like, that's another thing. That's his family. Yeah, the suspension disbelief where it's like, finally it's dying on him that maybe what his uncle's doing isn't isn't normal. I can't even go down that road of like like what people who go through some trauma like that. But Nick's going to go and break in that. His goal is to go. Because he wakes up and he's he's like, oh, you son of a bitch. Bastard. Bastard. But yeah, he is. He's going to go break into the safe. Why didn't he do that with Pam? If he uh, thought there was something in the... Ah. So but, he gets caught. 
by oh. Uncle Roscoe. Oh, Nicky. Oh, and all of a sudden he turns into like the character from The Godfather. Or he's like, Nicky, oh, whoa. See, this is where I, I text... something, Nicholas. I text you, I'm like, did Tommy Wiseau see this movie and say, that is the inflection that I'm going to speak with? Apparently so, <laughs> because man. Because from that point on, the whole time I'm like, oh my gosh. This sounds exactly like this guy who made, what was the movie, that bad movie, The Room? The Room. Yeah. Yeah. Holy. Jason, <laughs> The Room is often seen as the worst movie of all time. Well, well it's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's in that, it's on those lists. and it may So be, what happens to Nicky, Michael? Well, he, he, he's like, I'm going to kill you. And they fight and he's like, yeah, he gets pressure points. Yeah, you ever heard of pressure points, Nicky? <laughs> And and I'm like I gotta be honest. At that point, I I went oh thank God, Uncle Roscoe got rid of Nick. That guy sucks. Well, the, the, I was rooting for Roscoe at this point. I'm like kill everybody, bud. Well, at that point, I thought Nicky was gonna be the hero of the movie. That's awesome. No hero. Yeah. Love it. Love a movie with no hero. Like this changes Let things everything up. burn. <laughs> you know. But then we get you're we breaking get, my heart. Which <laughs> oh Nicky. <laughs> I raised you from a cat play through school. Oh, I love you, Nikki. This is the point where all of a sudden the bride thing changes. He has Nikki laid out next to Nancy. And he's like, this is your Aunt Nancy. That was so confusing to me. Nancy's clearly younger. She was the babysitter. This is where the bride thing gets thrown out, and all of a sudden it's just every next victim is just completely changed of why. Just he's a doing menagerie. It. It's just Roscoe's <laughs> menagerie of insanity. That's all it is. That's all it is, Jason. So now we go. This jogger, this old dude, is just jogging through a park, and he slips and falls. He's like, "Oh my god!" And he has the most realistic reaction. In the whole film, because he does, he falls, and he's like, clearly in like this nasty blood and viscera, whatever, and he's like, oh my god, what? <laughs> like, what? He reminds me of the old man from Billy Madison, when he's trying to step out, he's like, this one of those sleeping bags of poop again, honey. <laughs> he called this shit poop. <laughs> no. I was thinking of Mr. Underhill. For some reason, that guy looked like, Mrs. Stanwyck. <laughs> Why do they have that scene, Michael? Like, well, I mean, you got to get, get the that. state inspector in. Is that I the mean, only reason? Jason, the whole thing is is weird because Roscoe like took this young lady. I thought like back into the woods, yeah. and gutted her. But it's like this park. It's clearly not the same place no. because tied her up between two trees, and there's like one tree in the whole scene. <laughs> So Barry, Will, William James Kennedy, he shows up in the scene. Yeah, because the chief's like, we're going to have to call the state state police in. Yeah. So the <laughs> I state, don't know what to do. So the state police is William James Kennedy, who's also the writer of this movie. Uh, I referred in my notes for a long time, sweaty state cop. And Jason, I think his presence is the reason suddenly, out of nowhere, heat takes on a big thing in this movie because this guy always like he his hair he's sweaty and before this there's no talk of you know boy we sure are having a heat spell yeah. but now after this after he shows up we're talking about heat all the time well he's talking about it all the yes time. well and roscoe, <laughs> roscoe he goes yeah. come in we have air conditioning yeah. like oh, oh, oh. even in 1988 i think air conditioning was kind of a common deal but what i love about this guy barry this state police guy is clearly this writer Two years prior to this was Manhunter. 
a Michael Mann film with William Peterson. It was actually the first screen appearance of Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. It was, it was, Brian Cox. It was, red, it was based on Red Dragon. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great film. It is. But it was like, oh, people were kind of like be, becoming aware yeah. of like profiling and all this because this guy is so serious. He's, they do lots of close-ups. He's smoking and he's just going, you know, he's changing his M.O. Yeah. Like talking real deep, like thinking deeply about this criminal that he's chasing. Like, I'm serious. I think he was reading Harris. What's his name? Richard Harris. Richard Harris yep. is, is the writer. Yep. I think he was reading those books. Probably. He was so immersed. Then we jump to a scene where it's the security guard from the movie theater. The security guard actually knows everything that's going on. He's got it figured out. He saw Roscoe nope. leave. Then he's reading about this stuff and he said, hey, this killer, this killer is taking everything from this movie and i go how do you know that because there's just people disappearing yeah he that could that could be many movies that could be Smokey and the bandit <laughs> who knows i mean seriously it's not like they're finding these bodies placed in a certain way like the movie but the guy is on the right track yeah. the woman who works behind the counter louise, louise he says to her do you think just because I'm a security guard, I can't solve crimes or make arrests? And my answer is yes, you're a security guard. You're not supposed to solve crimes, and you're not supposed to make arrests. It's I not mean, your job. You, you're, you are capable of solving a crime. I'm well, not the, saying you're not. The first watch through, I didn't catch that he was a security guard because his outfit, the first time, I thought he was the theater manager. I thought he was too. Because It, it took a couple of viewings. Because he's and, a and, poor security guard. He's telling Louise, you know, I can figure this out. Yeah. And this, okay, this is one of those things that we were talking about. Roscoe, he calls administration. And the lady, her desk is a mess. He's asking for Pam Hayes' number. She gives it to him. She goes, hey, chief, hey, chief. Yeah. And then we cut to Roscoe. Let me tell you, Joe Spinell is New York as New York yeah. gets. And he's like, hey, well, you know, I want Pam Hayes' number. Sounds nothing like the chief. No. This woman refers to him as chief. She knows him. I think it's actually two different scenes cut together. That's so bad because he makes no attempt to disguise his voice. Several times watching this, it was only like the third time I realized like, oh, they're trying to identify this administrative officer who's answering the phone as she has thick glasses and she's messy. That what she's doing is actually giving the incorrect address. 165, Clermont. One number off of Miss Hayes' address, which leads to this other person's downfall. But also Roscoe gets in moron number yeah. three <laughs> but it's hard to put together next victim is number five miss pavlock miss pavlock this poor lady she's just cooking a burger we got a close-up dude i love a hamburger but that it's it just a close-up of a disgusting. burger disgusting it made me st- i went yeah. oh man i don't why are you ruining burgers yeah <laughs> poor lady roscoe gets in and it's really upsetting because he just casually stabs her in the gut shoves her face onto the burner Looks like he's dry humping her. I something. think that's what's going on. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's not cool. It's greasy. But then he hears Pam and Mandy are getting home. But see, here's the thing: How does he know yeah. that that person is Pam and that he made a mistake? Because it's clear to him at this point that he's made a mistake. But there's no clue why. How he does would he know, know Mandy's that? name at the end? Exactly. I mean, it's so you can't. You gotta just cool it, you know. <laughs> so they get home. So he's like, he goes out. We get Pam's boobs. Shower scene number two in this movie. Jason, boobs scene don't, number I don't, five. I don't know how it works because when you're in the shower, if somebody just comes up and rips the shower curtain back, I'm gonna know anytime someone's in the bathroom with me. And if somebody just did that, I'm probably throwing fists. Yeah. I'm, I'm throwing hands immediately. You know, but it, it seems to happen in movies a lot, especially women. Yeah. 
But, well, it's but that Mandy, idea Mandy that... pulls it back. We see Pam's boobs. Good on us. Yeah. We move on with our lives. Well, so I think Michael just wants this thing where all of a sudden it's a visual media and they're like, you know what? We're going to discount the other senses. They're assuming like, oh, you, you're not going to hear it. Everybody's going to hear someone walking up them on a shower. Yeah. Unless you have the loudest shower in the yeah. world. The next person we meet, is he speaking English? Is he the coroner? Because honestly, the first time I don't know what he's saying. I don't think he's saying this, but it sounds to me like this every time. Hey, tell me a joke. <laughs> but I think he's actually saying... Hey, take a seat. Yeah. To Inspector Sweaty Film Writer, it's, it's Screenwriter. Detective Barry. Detective Barry. Yeah. So they, they have a talk in This is one of the book this is one for the books, my friends. <laughs> There's semen on the intestines. As you probably know, a person stops bleeding when their heart stops. Like that's not true. The coagulation. <laughs> what what I can tell you is by by looking at this blood that was in the dirt, um, she was alive the whole time. The victim was like uh, between like 15 and 20. That is some really excellent science. I don't know if we have that science now. This is passing back and forth as a piece of like, it, it's a, a manila folder with stuff written on it back and forth like this. Where they're like, yep, yep, that. Barry is just doing his best to be like the intense, inve- you know, inspectors. Sweating. 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 It and, made and me then, uncomfortable. And he, fin- and, and he finally says, hey, Doc, why don't you take your coat off? It's hot here. No one else notices the heat. What a weird him. thing. The guy's going to have a coronary. <laughs> You're really worried about that guy. <laughs> the jogging scene, I think we can just skip. It's a, it's just a weird jogging scene with questionable 80s clothing. <laughs> Wait, but it has some of the best questions in the movie because really do we need to well number one mandy doesn't know how to run but two she says pam why don't you just go to the police jason you're right 100 percent right mandy said because mandy is like the voice of reason because no you're right it's basically crap or get off the pot like i'm tired of hearing you talk about nick and this whole thing you haven't seen him he wasn't a class whatever go to the cops or shut up almost literally says that to pam i'm with her Okay, so no, we, we get to, like, the security guy. The security guy kind of solves everything right here because he's at the gas station. By happenstance. And I don't know what he's doing because he has, like, a gas can. Like, I assume he ran his car out of gas. That's my thought, too. So, and he hears Roscoe. Roscoe is getting gassy. Tells the guy, you know, it's one of those old school yeah. full service places where it's like, you know, oh, they. he goes, you forgot the windshield. Say, yeah. oh, I'm really sorry about that, Mr. Holland. Yeah moron number four <laughs> and this guy had been called a moron the security guard and he, and he had responded a hole yeah. <laughs> so he hears this and he goes wait i know that oh the killer has been to that movie he's been copying the movie and this guy's been to that movie a bunch he so must he follows be the him killer <laughs> and he suddenly knows the guy's name yeah because he pulls up and he sees he goes oh mr holland yep <laughs> This is great. So he goes up and there's a funeral going on and it's a terrible person. Roscoe is greeting people and he goes, because usually it's a sorry for your loss. And Roscoe goes, sorry for your gain. Because he said everybody hated this guy. Yeah, exactly. And Hazel's like, what a sense of humor you have. And I think at one point there's a cutaway scene where... Like, they make reference that this was Roscoe's professor, Professor Wilson. I mean, oh, yeah, one of these yeah. scenes that you don't need. I'm like, why are you? He's, oh, he, the, the he's, on the he's, head. he's combing, combing the hair, and he goes, yeah, Professor Wilson, even when I was there, I didn't like you. Yeesh. But Roscoe, even though the security guard is trying to pretend that he's going to be a mourner there, and he's waiting for his wife, 
Roscoe. Roscoe's on to him. He knows. He yeah. knows who this guy is. Yeah. This is where we start cutting scenes more where we're back with Inspector. And, he, and, and Barry is really trying hard to be like the serious it, profiler. Dude, he he's is smoking. So, his hair is like smoking cigarettes. Soaking wet. Just soaked. He's <laughs> dripping. and he's But he's being he's leaning against stuff and he's like, he's changing up his M.O. So the security guy, he's he's trying to, he's like, Louise, you got to get out of here. We got to close up. We got to close up. We got stuff to do. And he walks walks out into, again, I think it's like a, a dead end alley. He walks out the back door of the theater and he's walking out. And this drunk dude just comes out of nowhere with a sleeveless t-shirt, which is just such a D-bag thing to wear. <laughs> the guy like, ah, lurches at him. And he turns really quickly and like assaults the guy. And he says, what are you doing? He's like, I just want some change for cigarettes. <laughs> You notice that he didn't lock up the theater, right? He's a security guard. He came out that exit. The theater is, like, left unlocked. I mean, is that how you exit, you end your day, as you walk out the exit door as the security guard? I'm not going to defend I'm not, I'm not. not going to defend it to the hilt. Poor security guard. <laughs> He's right, though. Cops have nothing. This guy's figured it out. He knows who the killer is. And this is a great, great time to say, I'm, I'm glad we have x-ray specs right now. Uh, absolutely. Grant Only thing Bruin. keeping me going through this oh, you, movie. You, you could go on. You could go on about this movie. <laughs> this this is when you you, you study this you in college. This is where you use as examples like this is what you don't do. <laughs> Let's write dialogue that's realistic and makes sense. I took several writing classes, and I'm sure you yeah. took something like. At some point, you had like they would give you an exercise, and they would say, "Hey, go out into a public place, listen to the people around you, so write yeah. down what you hear, people talking." That's a good way to sort of build how people talk, how dialogue goes, and it. It's not like it is in the movies. No, no. It's very rarely. That's why, you know, really good writing is difficult. It is. Even decent writing yeah. is difficult, you know, because people end up writing these strange... Nobody talks like that. They end up sounding like some strange exactly. alien that's like, like, like basically like Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Like everyone sounds like, you know, John, John Big Boutte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> that security guard, he goes to his car, right, with... The lighting done in that scene where there's clearly no one in his backseat. The car, he he drives the car off and you can see in the backseat, no one's in the backseat. So could, Michael... Could be laying down. Could be laying down, Jason. Oh, Joe Spinell in his size laying down. Big, you know, he's you get as small as you need to be. The security guy is giving this great speech about, you know, oh, I'm going to get you. Ah, you're going to help me and yeah. I'm going to show all these hicks. Yeah. He's really big about, like, these hicks. All of a sudden, Joe Spinell comes out of nowhere and just, like, stabs him in the eye. I know. Very specific. And then takes him to the cellar with He Jenny was victim and, number six. And Nicholas. Now remember, victim number six. And so in that cellar, how many people are hanging up now? Because also now Three. it's not about Jen, Jenny and Nicholas yeah. and him. So I don't know what's happening to everybody else, but they're not taking Well, he put some of them in the caskets. Maybe. What do you want from me? <laughs> but here, okay, I'm going to be honest. If, if we're doing a boob rating, best boobs in the movie right now. Mandy. Mandy. Mandy is with her fella, and she decides to call it's Pam. It's like a party line scene where Pam's in bed with her boyfriend, Mandy's in the bed with her boyfriend. They have to have a discussion about Nick. What Pam has decided about in terms of... Am I going to call the cops or am I just oh, going to... What am I going to do? Like and pulling teeth. No well, reason for the She's going to call the cops. Except the show boobs. I don't yeah. care. Mandy's boobs are really fantastic. Yeah. And that one guy clearly liked that scene. But... Mandy's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
but Pam said, you know, I'm going to call the cops. So okay. we're, we're good like that, right? Yeah. So the cops show up and they and she, talk- Well, she tells them 163 yeah. Claremont, not 165. Yeah. That was probably the most clever piece of writing in the whole film. But no one would get it. No one would understand unless they sat there through multiple times like us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers on that, bud. <laughs> but her concern is that her boyfriend is like, I'm going to lose all my credibility. And I'm like, what credibility do you have? You're an anthropology teacher that focuses on necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, big time. And your roommate's Mandy. I don't know what she teaches. I'm assuming communications. <laughs> That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is great because Pam Hayes has pointed the state inspectors, the state police cops, Barry, sweaty guy, to the funeral home. And his partner with no name. Yeah. Who wears white socks with a suit. Yes. (laughs) Please. Please, people. (laughs) You don't wear white socks with suits. So old school. I love it. (laughs) other cop is basically he says she teaches teaches about necrophilia and almost gets killed like it's her fault you know essentially when we did warlock moon miss pam hayes has a lecture very similar to that first lecture of warlock moon which i think was about cannibalism exactly the cops have to go they meet roscoe they're meeting roscoe hazel introduces like these are (laughs) these gentlemen would you like some tea she's awesome Roscoe goes, you hear about Nick? And he kind of breaks down. I mean, it is horrible acting. He's like trying to cry and and throw Nick under the bus. I didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't. Touching his eye with a handkerchief. What's great is like he's describing these horrifying things. Like, yeah, you should go and cut up those clay girls. But I just thought it was... A family, I could have turned him in. And I'm like, yeah, you could. Like, yeah. you broke the law. Like, they yeah. should be hauling you off. He what if somebody said it was an accident. I knew it wasn't an accident. This is awesome. And and the cops, say, the the one cop leaves, and then Barry. White and, socks, and, penny loafer cop, go to put out an APB on Nikki. And Barry goes, hey, what's in that door? And I will say, Jason, there's this great moment. He goes, through that door, it's, it's my laboratory. Joe Spinell pauses, and you know in that moment, He's killing that cop. Oh, yeah. He has a cartoon moment where he's like, ha No, there isn't. No, he just just like opens the door, lets him through, and he like pauses and kind of looks down, and you know. And Barry's going, what's that door? What's that door? Where's that door go? Where's that? And he goes, where's this door? He goes, that's the storage closet. It's locked. Don't get a a key. And he walks over and grabs a memo of Spike. He's walking casually and just really quickly grabs it. That scene was hilarious because he's like, he was like, ha! Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's psycho. And he goes, hey, man, this is unlocked. He stabs him in the back of the head, throws him down the stairs. It's like, at this point, it's like, everything's unraveling. The other cop comes in. He kills other cop. But I have to point out, police officers are showing up to a funeral home, called it in where they're going. That's what police do. He kills two cops on his premises. They're going to show up soon because well, state cops have not called in to check in. They're like, all of a sudden, they're off the radar. I think Roscoe <laughs> knows this is it. I think that happens in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, Pam's like, I haven't heard back from the cops. Well, everything I in this I movie should. happens over a weekend. <laughs> I think I should go. There, there's no sense of time. It happens. It starts on a Friday. That woman's car got a flat on a Friday, and we're at Sunday night. There's no sense of time in this movie. No, no, no. And those two cops are victims seven and eight. And now Pam hasn't heard from the cops, so she's like, I'm going to sh- go talk to Hazel. 
which nobody ever said in the history of the world. And Mandy's like, says, no, don't wait for me. And, and she goes, yeah, okay. Hangs up the phone, turns and writes a, a note. note. I'm leaving. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I just told you. I, I have to solve this I, crime. Yeah, I have to go talk to Hazel. She got her friend killed because she goes off, gets in an accident. She's at the hospital calling her boyfriend saying, I need a pickup. At they that didn't. point, leading up, I'm like, okay, if the cops aren't, then Pam has to be the hero of this movie. And all of a sudden, when Jason, she's calling from the hospital, I'm like, where'd this movie go? Jason, the first time I saw this, I checked and I, I went, I know this movie's an hour and 20 some minutes, yeah. you know. And, and I looked and I went, what the hell's going on in the yeah. next few minutes? Yeah. I, I'm like, a lot has to happen, but it doesn't because Mandy, she shows up, she sees the note, she goes, F this. The she whole go- time when she says you should be calling the cops, she's like, I'm going to go there too. She goes, starts snooping around, which if or minutes you when she gets in she's snooping around she's going deeper and deeper downstairs downstairs you're going deeper deeper into your doom she goes i've got to be out of my effing mind what am i doing here that should almost be in every slasher movie because she goes down 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 all of a sudden finds a room there's roscoe is he in like a robe smoking it's a sleazy be- well, because we're pretty sure that this dude's like sex and corpses yeah. and such. So, and, and he goes, "Welcome to my parlor," said the spider to the fly. <laughs> really, really upsetting. And then he chases her, but then they show him in a robe, and it's like he's having a smoke and a drink. So yeah. it's like, oh, after sex kind of yeah. vibe. This is where the editing, where they're editing a bunch of scenes together. And his wardrobe in this one scene keeps jumping. But I also did notice that for all our victims, because Mandy is victim number nine, he actually has 15 pictures. This guy's been doing this. Yeah. But he's sitting there in the robe, having a drink. Yeah. And he holds the keys. He goes, thank you, Mandy. He's like, oh, Miss Hayes, we're going to meet each other soon. Because he's got her key to the apartment. Yeah. And, he- and so he's going to go. But first, he has to go on and give this lecture to a bunch of corpses about smoking the surgeon general saying smoking's bad people taking too many vitamins there's not enough dead bodies people aren't drunk driving anymore yeah and what i love is that he's talking about he, he goes there's not enough business and i go all you've been doing is killing people <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've been killing people left and right bro there's plenty of business for what you're doing He's walking, and there's all these corpses hanging. For some reason, Nikki's corpse looks different than all the other times you've seen the it's, corpses. Uh, it's at the end, and he's, he's talking to Mandy's yeah. head, yeah. which is always really nice. Because Mandy's the only person besides Mary Lawrence where you actually don't see him. You know that she gets killed, but you don't see anything happen. And, bookends, you know? I thought it was a good filmmaking. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly, Nick, out of nowhere... Comes alive, grabs his throat, chokes, and then it stops. The movie stops. It doesn't end. I think it stops. There's no actual end to this movie. No. Well, I think so, when they were trying to put together a movie, they came across. Yeah, well, that I mean, clip. I mean, I mean, clearly there's yeah. like this. It yeah. wasn't finished, no. but it's the best that they had yeah. or whoever so had. Nikki it, so Nikki came back alive after how many? Like I said, well, you mo- said a weekend. Friday, so you could do that. Yeah, you'd still be weak. Yeah, but like even you're weak. hanging. I don't know how you're hanging. I mean, you leather face like spike in the know. back. I don't know. So anyway, it seemed like they came across that cut. It was the do, only way to end the movie. Do you recommend this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad movie. This was never intended to be released. They didn't finish it. Joe Spinell had the only copy. 
And so later on, two companies, Code Red and Vinegar Syndrome, which I both like. I like both those companies and what they yeah. release. They tried to like, let's put this together and see if we can make a movie of what we have. But let's put together, <laughs> I have a hard time. It will not be a movie that I will watch again. <laughs> I think there's parts that are funny, unintentionally. This is not something that I could recommend. What about you? <laughs> I do think it's also worth noting you are not a slasher movie I'm fan. I'm not a slasher movie fan. So I would say if you're into slasher movies, this has a cult following. Because oh, yeah. Joe Spinell's last role, because it was lost, you know, that whole lost movie yeah. thing gives it this cachet. Yeah. Joe Spinell is really upsetting. He got me off my space where I, I just went, ah, this guy's creepy. It's a disaster. I mean, the writing, but but at the same time, I, I can separate the, the idea of like, oh, they they were doing a terrible job of like putting it together from, <laughs> you know, well, they didn't get to finish it. Yeah. And, and that's got to be a, fr- like, I can only imagine the people who, you know, worked on it, who would might see it and go, that's not what we had in mind. But so, I, I yeah, I mean, I do because Joe Spinell is... Really, he got under my skin, very much so. One thing I can totally recommend is Strand, X-Ray Specs. Absolutely. Anything from Strand, I've had a lot of their stuff. They were super, super great. It was, it was a great visit. Thank you guys so much for, for supporting us in our little endeavor of, of, of watch, <laughs> watching B-movies. This was a great beer. Oh, absolutely it was. This stout, creamy, very sweet, nice dessert. Yeah. I could drink uh, these and have a cigar and watch a better movie than The yeah. Undertaker. Yeah. A lot better movie. We, we could. We could. We <laughs> could do that. Star Crash. <laughs> oh, you want to do that now? You, you, you want to start throwing stones, eh? <laughs> and I kind of recommend Star Crash. Star Crash. Star Crash is a good time. You know what? I'll watch Star Crash again before I watch this. Uh, totally agree. I won't watch this movie again. <laughs> I probably won't either. I won't either. But I guess that wraps this one. It does. Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and Be Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.